This episode of Astronomy Cast is brought to you by Swinburne Astronomy Online, the world's longest-running online astronomy degree program. Visit astronomy.swin.edu.au for more information. Astronomy Cast, episode 411, The Science of Sunset Colors. Welcome to Astronomy Cast, a weekly facts-based journey through the cosmos where we help you understand not only what we know, but how we know what we know. My name is Fraser Keene. I'm the publisher of University, and with me is Dr. Pamela Gay, a professor at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, and the director of CosmoQuest. Hey, Pamela, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Fraser? Good, and you're going to be traveling for a bit. I, I am. So we're recording this on a special weird day because I'm about to go and spend about 12 days in the Czech Republic, which is not part of the EU. So there is no State Department warning on traveling there. And I'm going to be attending the uh, AFO Academic Film Festival of Olomouc, which is run by a group of really wonderful young people. And the festival is 51 years old, which means the festival has been going on showing documentary science films since before we landed Men on the Moon, which is just all levels of awesome. I love doing this. It's it's a real privilege to get to go and be a guest. Yeah, I know. This is one of the ones that you always look forward to every year. Yeah. And I know this is this yeah. is great. So... Cool. Well, have a good, safe trip, and we'll see you when you get back. Yes. This episode of Astronomy Cast is brought to you by Eighth Light Inc. Eighth Light is an agile software development company. They craft beautiful applications that are durable and reliable. Eighth Light provides disciplined software leadership on demand and shares its expertise to make your project better. For more information, visit them online at www.eighthlight.com. Just remember, that's www.thedigit8thlight.com. Drop them a note. Eighth Light. Software is their craft. Hello, Astronomy Cast fans. Fraser here. Uh, so once again, I wanted to give a shout out to Casper.com, who is our generous sponsor for Astronomy Cast. Now, uh, we've talked about this in the past, but I thought I would just sort of give you all the story again for those who missed it. Uh, so Casper gave us a mattress to to try out. Uh, I had to leave mine in the, in the States at my uh, wife's house, but I really liked the mattress, and so I ordered one for myself, and then I ordered another one for the spare bedroom. So this is the mattress that I'm sleeping on, uh, and, and I think you're going to want to sleep on it as well. It's a high-quality mattress. It's got this cool kind of latex foam with a memory foam, and when you get the thing, it's in this box that really defies the laws of of space and time and then you cut the box open and the thing sort of inflates in front of you and it's it's really cool i really like it uh casper mattresses cost uh 500 for a twin size uh 750 for full size a 950 for a king which is less than than what you pay for a traditional mattress i mean it can be over 1500 bucks it's totally online. You just order it. It shows up. If you don't like it, you return it. It's super simple. And I really, really like the mattress. Uh, so if you want a mattress and Casper's got a great offer for you. So if you go to casper.com slash astro and use the promo code astro, they're going to give you $50 off a mattress. 
So all of that plus $50 off, you should totally do it today. So once again, go to casper.com slash astro, use the promo code astro, and you will enjoy a good night's sleep just like me. Thanks. Astronomy Cast is proudly sponsored by cleancoders.com, training videos with personality for software professionals. So we all enjoy beautiful multicolored sunsets. But what causes the brilliant oranges, pinks, and purples that we see, and why does it change from day to day and season to season? Okay, you you threw this one into the docket. I did. And are you getting good sunsets right now? This is actually sunset season here on the West Coast. In like March, April, and into May a bit, we get we get the gray clouds that just hang over the over the, our area, they dissipate and we get these really great, big kind of fluffy clouds, stuff that sort of changes the, the, the view of the sunsets and the sunrises every day. And it's a really great time to see the skies. And then, and then come summer, then it's pretty much clear skies and we don't get a lot of great, of great sunsets. So, so what's going on? Well, so so personally, right now, we still have daylight, and judging by the absolute lack of clouds in the sky, um, we're probably going to have a really boring sunset here in the St. Louis area. But the reason that, that I put this show in the, the list is I'm pretty sure we've talked about why the sky is blue, but we've never talked about why the sunset specifically is isn't always the same red. And there's a new website that I stumbled across called Sunset WX. And it allows you to predict whether or not, and you have to pay for it, I do admit to that, it will predict whether or not you're going to get a truly awesome sunset. And um, the science behind it's kind of cool. And I'm like, this is science that is true everywhere. And and we should talk about this because one of my favorite images, uh, the one that I use as the background, is a sunset on Mars, which is this fabulous shade of, of liquid blue, which is actually the color I painted my home office. And all of this is because science. Because science. Because science. Okay. So uh, and where do you want to start here? So should we talk about sort of like when you're seeing a sunset – uh, what are you seeing? And I guess we need to sort of like, what are you normally seeing when you're just like, like seeing the sun in the sky? What are we actually seeing? So, so if we were able to like get rid of our atmosphere, don't if please don't. Yeah, no, no, we're not okay. going to do this. All right, but if we could, if we could, all right, but we're we not could, going to. No. Okay. Um, if we could get rid of of our atmosphere. We we would have like a stark shadow exactly where day turns to night, and the sun would just sort of go zut. Hi, I'm over the sun. I'm over the horizon. You get no more of me, and now you're plunged into darkness. And during daylight, when we looked up at the sun, we'd see this white star hanging out, blinding us, irradiating us because there's no atmosphere to protect us. We die, but we die while looking at a white star. Right. Because as as we all know, that is the color of the sun. Yes. Yeah, it is white, not yellow. Um, but and that's what you see when you're on the moon, right? When you're up on the moon and then you just see all of those photons, they they reach your eyeballs with nothing in between and you just get the raw, pure sunshine effect. 
which is why the Apollo astronauts had visors that were coated in, among other things, gold to uh, reflect away a great deal of the sun's light. And now we don't have blind astronauts. And I'm also in favor of that. Okay, so so that's, you know, were there nothing, that's what we would see. But now we've got some atmosphere, which you uh, destroyed, but now we can bring back for the next step of this. So what are we seeing when we're seeing the sun through the atmosphere? So during the day, sun high up in the sky, when we look at the sun, we see this yellowy orange ball. The exact color depends on how much water vapors in the atmosphere, where we are on the surface of the planet. But when the sun's high in the sky, the reason it's yellowy orange is because a lot of that blue light that's coming out of the rainbow distribution of of the sun's black body spectrum, a lot of that blue light is getting scattered by the molecules and atoms in our atmosphere. And as it scatters around, again, this is the blue light, uh, some of it gets scattered down towards the surface of the planet and that's what we see giving the sky its blue color. All that is, is bounced around scattered light that bounces enough times that it bounces back to our eyeballs. And we have, of course, done a whole show on this. Why is the sky blue? So so it's like the, the blue spectrum of the rainbow, of the light, all the blue photons are the ones that are getting scattered the most. And so they're the ones that we're seeing while all the other colors generally go in a straight line to where they were intending to go while the the blue ones can kind of come at you from anywhere. Yes. Okay. All right. So we're looking right up into the sky. We're seeing the sun. We're seeing it through the atmosphere. We're seeing both the color of the sun changed because of the scattering of the atmosphere. And we're also seeing the blue light from all directions because the blue photons are getting scattered by by the by the atmosphere. So now then what happens when the sun is low to the horizon and it changes in color? So so for those of you who are watching this live on the internet, I'm holding up and trying to get away from reflections, a, a CD case that has a blue CD in it. Now, the rest of you are just going to have to imagine this in your head. So imagine that you're looking at the face of a CD that's kind of blue. Now, if you're up at the top of the center part of the CD, the part that you put it in your CD thing and it makes it do the spinny thing. We're going to pretend that center of the CD is the planet Earth. Now, if you're at the top of that and you look straight up, you're looking through the narrowest possible amount of your atmosphere. So the amount of light that gets to you, it's, it's a lot of it. And, and it hasn't had to travel very far, so it hasn't had as many chances to get scattered away. So in the distance from the top of the atmosphere to the top of the Earth, it scatters the blue, blue sky. Now, when the sun is instead off to the side, when that light travels to you, it has to travel through a much larger distance as it goes all the way across the the horizon all the way out through the side of the atmosphere and there's much greater distance the light travels well that larger column is able to uh, scatter a larger and larger percentage of the other colors in the sun's black body curve so it's not just scattering the blue it's now scattering the green it's starting to scatter the oranges the yellows 
and even the reds. Now, the reds are the hardest to scatter. Now, this is this is why we see the sun for the most part as red, because all those other colors, they've been scattered all over the sky, and some of them get to reflect off of clouds and other things. But what's really cool is the amount of light that gets scattered. It doesn't just vary with the distance the light goes through the atmosphere. Otherwise, sunsets would be the same color all the time. It also varies with well, how much moisture is in the atmosphere, because the moisture actually increases the amount that the light of the sun bends. It also depends on how much pollution is in the atmosphere, because that increases scattering as well. So if you're living near an oil refinery like I do, you get pretty sunsets, especially when it's humid. Um, if you are living somewhere where a volcano has just finished doing its thing, all of that aerosolized stuff floating around in our atmosphere, it helps to scatter out more and more and more of the sun's light, getting you these deeper and more vibrant sunsets. And so, like, if there were no clouds, if there was no, you know, pollution in the atmosphere, all that kind of stuff, you know, like, say you're looking through 20 kilometers of thick atmosphere when you look up, but maybe you're looking at, you know, doing the math, like 40 or more when you're looking off to the horizon. It's giving that, um, I'm not sure the exact numbers, so don't, yeah, take, Fraser don't, is don't, don't write that numbers. down. I am Do making not... up numbers. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so then you're getting, you know, more further down the spectrum is getting a chance to to uh to scatter away and that's just like without any extra stuff but when we have those those aerosols in the atmosphere like like around where i live we get forest fires a lot yeah and and that will cause just insane sunsets and it will cause like sometimes if the forest fires are really thick you'll get like the sun looks like it's having a sunset when it's directly overhead, it turns this this red color, and you can just you know barely make out this red disc, even though the sun's directly overhead and the sky is clear. Um, other times, you know, it's not directly around you, and you get these sunsets because it's you know the the, the aerosols are, are sort of off in some direction. And you're seeing you're seeing through that, but but why do we get those crazy colors? when we have those clouds because i mean the clouds and sunsets really go hand in hand and and this is where the amount that the light gets bent the refraction quality of the atmosphere also starts to matter so you have two different things things that are going on one you have the light that's trying to come straight towards you is failing because it's scattering all over kingdom come and eventually it's going to get bounced off of a different part of the atmosphere. And if you're lucky, it makes it back to your eyeball or your camera lens and onto your film or CMOS chip. Now, some other parts of that light, they're trying to shoot off in some different direction. But as they pass through the atmosphere and all of the light is bending at a different point. So even the light that we're calling coming straight at your eyeball, it really got bent by the atmosphere. But we're using that as the test case, the, the light that you perceive as having come straight from the sun. But that's why, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but that's why, like, when the sun is close to the horizon, it looks all wibbly-wobbly. Right. And out of focus, because even though there may, there may not be any clouds around it at all, but it's just the sun itself is having to go through so much atmosphere, it's getting, the light is getting distorted and refracted around, that it's not able to take that nice, clean path to your eyeball. Now, now some of the light that was never going to make it straight to your eyeball. It's it's going up through the atmosphere and it's getting bent various amounts depending on 
the moisture, the temperature that's in the air. And that refraction is what we call this bending. This refraction of the light is causing different colors of light, first of all, to bend at slightly different angles, which is cool. That's why we get rainbows. Yeah. Um, and then these colors are hitting the clouds. And so you end up with different parts of the sky where different parts of this rainbow have refracted and where there's different thicknesses. So you have different amounts of scattering. All of these different factors add up in really hard to calculate ways, which is why it's 2016 and we, for the first time, have Might a have website that website you can go to. Um, and so now that we can go do this, we're starting to be able to do this. It's because we're being able to start making the real-time calculations of at this altitude, it's this humidity, this temperature, these other factors that go into refracting the light and scattering the light. And it's the combination of these two things. Right. So without, like if there were no clouds and you just had the sun, then then all of, you know, as it's getting close to the horizon, it's still going through all this refraction and you can, I'm, I'm kind of imagining this light sort of exploding out of it, scattering off the sun and all these different directions and all these different colors but there's nothing to catch it and so it's all just sort of heading out into the air and 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 nobody sees it but as soon as you get those clouds up from your perspective it's like you've now got a place for all that light to fall onto and so then you're getting these different colors depending on as you said the you know the the thickness of the of the air, the moisture levels, the t- local temperature gradations, aerosols in the air, etc. And in in figuring out exactly where to go to get the absolute best possible sunset, it looks for where are those high clouds. So you have two things that you're taking into consideration. How much is the light getting scattered and refracted so that we end up with the potential for dynamic colors? And then once we have the potential for that, where are there the right amount of clouds? Because if you end up with too many clouds, it's just kind of dull blanket of gray. If you end up with just the right clouds reflecting the light. And so what they look for is nice, thin, high altitude clouds. Because first of all, those are tied to moisture. Moisture good. Second of all, beautiful scattering in your photos. And ideally volcano going off nearby. That does help. I, I recommend that over pollution. And yeah. and to, to be clear, so Skyfire is, is the app I was looking at. That costs you money. It's it's designed for photographers, um, but the one that's free is Sunset WX, and I sort of combined that into one name with a cost. So Sunset WX is completely free, and then the app that's designed for photographers is Skyfire. That is really cool. I'm going to play with this all the time. It's it's really cool. So they have maps that allow you to look and figure out where are the cool places and then they're tracking their success using twitter so when people post things up on twitter they're like okay this city with this word sunset do we have it right do we have it right yes we have it right and when they don't they they're modelers they refine their software this is this is what scientists do and these guys are scientists uh it appears to only be for uh the united states and canada and Mexico. So um, those of you in San Francisco at the time that I'm recording this are going to have a beautiful sunset as well as the folks up around. It looks like Winnipeg. 
So, so Sunset WX does the whole world. Uh, well, this is the one I'm looking at right now, the Sunset oh. WX. Yeah, and it's only it's only the states, but maybe I've, maybe they have more sections added. That's that is this is super cool though. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I guess you can like put in some kind of maybe get some announcements. Um, anyway. Uh, all right, so so I think we now understand sort of why we're seeing the sun, the the great sunsets. How does other worlds play into this? I mean, we talked about about Mars. They've got like a totally different sunset, right? Right. So so Mars has much less atmosphere, and with less atmosphere, you get less scattering, and the atmospheric composition it, it kind of is a little dry, you might say. It, it has water vapor in the atmosphere, but for the most part, it's it's not what we would call humid, humid by a long shot. And it's very cold. And so you have ice crystals, which are, again, a completely different effect. And so during the day, you have this beige, for lack of a better word, atmosphere. It's kind of boring, kind of white. Um, this is what happens when you don't scatter enough light and your eyeballs are like, meh, I'll call it white. Um, but as the sun gets closer and closer to the horizon, you're starting to get the blues scattered and you end up with this beautiful gray blue. If you're watching this live, the color of my walls, um, you end up with this beautiful gray blue color that uh, you then end up with this pinpoint of white, slightly yellowish sunlight in. And I, I think it's just kind of magical to look at. It's such a neat idea that that the blue that we're so familiar with because the sunlight is being scattered all the time because of our thick right. atmosphere can only really get rolling when sunset is happening on, on Mars, which is such a, such a neat effect. The, the closest you can get to a Mars sunset on Earth is to go very high altitude in the middle of summer at the equator or, or close to an equinox actually at the equator at high altitude. So get as much water vapor below you as you can, get as little atmosphere above you as you can, get the sun as close to straight overhead, and that color that you get down closer to the horizon is, it's not right, but it's as close as you get. Now, there's a really interesting phenomenon that can happen during sunrises and, done, and, and during sunsets. Have you ever seen it called like, the green flash or the blue flash? I, I haven't. And, and I have a friend, Robert Sparks. Uh, he's a scientist down at the National Optical Astronomy Observatory, former school teacher, marathon runner, neat guy, who can catch green flashes on a regular basis taking uh, – pictures of Kitt Peak National Observatory from down in the city of, of, of Tucson and look up his photos if you can. They're truly phenomenal. So, what, so what's going on with the, with the green flash and the blue flash? It's at a very precise atmospheric condition. As the sun is below the horizon, the green light gets bent over the horizon from the sun. So it's getting refracted, refracted through the atmosphere just right. So that if you're at the surface of the planet, you'll see for an instant, this flash of green. That is really cool. And then it's even trickier to get the one that's blue because it's further down the spectrum. I've even heard that people can see like a, a purple flash, but they're lying. Know, Oh, I really? mean, I, I'm just calling. No, they may not be, but it right. just that's the that Extreme. that's sort of like, yeah, it's like winning the optical lottery. But say you want to get a, sh a shot at it, right? You need to be looking 
you need a nice clear view right to the horizon, ideally, you know, at the ocean. And unfortunately, like where I live, I've got mountains to the left of me and mountains to the right of me. And so like I've got mountains in the east and mountains in the west. And and the thing that amazes me, because I didn't know you could do it, but I've seen the photos, is Robert's actually able to get pictures of the green flash with the light coming up over Kitt Peak. And and so it's not actually a flat horizon. He's getting it as the sun goes below the, the mountain range. Oh, but it's still low enough and still off an angle. Well, then maybe maybe it's all hope isn't lost. I think it's worth trying. I will give it a shot. Um, although it's always cloudy, so we never see the sun anyway. We're not even sure it exists here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so one other, I think, kind of related is is when we see the moon turn that beautiful red color during a lunar eclipse. Yes. Sort of a That's really similar. blood moon. Yeah. What's going on with that and how is that kind of related? How's, you know, because it's sort of the same effect, it's, right? It's the exact same principle. So in this case, you have the sun's light getting refracted around the planet. And as it goes from the daylight side of the earth through the atmosphere over to the eclipsed moon, the more stuff we have in our atmosphere, the more colors are removed. So if you have a really nice clean atmosphere, you end up with a gray moon during eclipse doesn't make for great photos. But if a volcano has recently gone off, if there's a lot of forest fires, uh, those different things can add up to enough stuff in the atmosphere scattering the light out that you end up with this beautiful blood red moon and what's kind of cool is you'll see different parts of the moon are slightly different colors based on different compositions in different parts of the atmosphere and the sunlight's refracting through in different places it's interesting i know like every time that that a, a lunar eclipse is coming we'll be able to tell people based on sort of where it's going to be moving through the atmosphere you know the scientists will report on whether it's going to be a nice blood red one or whether it's going to be a lot more muted and, and we're not always right no no it's like making predictions about meteor showers but it's yes. really uh it's an atmospheric effect. It's like the, you know, the atmospheric modelers are the ones who are providing the data to say it should be a good one or, you know, it's going to, it's going to be pretty weak. Although it's always great. It's always worth seeing. It's now, uh, there's one other world that we got a chance to see and we got a chance to see its sunset, which was Pluto. That That's true. And that was something we weren't really expecting. Now, we didn't see it from the surface, but from looking at the sun passing all the way through the atmosphere to the spacecraft that's experiencing sunset the same way astronauts in the ISS experience sunset, sort of. Um, they saw the the tholine-rich atmosphere of Pluto scattered enough light that you ended up with this gray-blue sunset. Yeah. It's a, it it's, a awesome. beautiful, it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, it's an yeah. amazing picture of of the of Pluto itself, and now the disk is completely obscured because the sun is behind it. But you get this amazing atmosphere around it, and it really is this crazy blue circle that goes around the actual uh, disk of the planet, and yes. you, you just see. So, if you were standing on the surface of Pluto and the sun was just at the edge of the horizon you would probably get something similar to what you see on, on Mars, right? Yeah. It's it's not quite as rich of a blue, but it's very similar. 
So is, if we could travel to other worlds to, around the universe and, and sample every possible atmosphere that was out there, what would make for the greatest uh, sunsets and sunrises that you could sort of humanly imagine? I think, so, so you know how different liquids, like Italian salad dressing, you end up with different densities floating on top of one another? Well, you can imagine different atmospheric events that cause a highly stratified atmosphere. And with a highly stratified atmosphere, you actually have the chance for a stripy sunset. And I think that's just a really cool idea. Oh, that would be cool. I mean, you could have like different cloud layers and then different subs, you know, different thicknesses and densities of the atmosphere in each one. And oh, that would be amazing. Yes. I'm yeah. a fan of stripy things. Do, does that happen naturally here? Uh, so we don't have a highly stratified atmosphere in terms of like very distinct layers. But one of the things that's cool in some of the Pluto photos is there appear to be standing waves in the atmosphere of Pluto. And we don't know why don't know why yeah and these are gravity waves as opposed to gravitational waves which LIGO detected and and these standing waves uh have these discrete density stripy bits and and you can see them through the atmosphere in the pictures and so yeah this happens we've seen it Oh, that's amazing. Um, cool. Well, uh, I think now we should all head out and uh, and look for the next great sunset. It's true. So right. so that free site is SunsetWX. They've given us no money. I just think it's cool. Yep. And there's an app. Yes. I want the app. The app is the other guys. The, the app is Skyfire, not free. That sounds great still. All right. Thanks, Pamela. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Astronomy Cast, a nonprofit resource provided by Astrosphere New Media Association, Fraser Kane, and Dr. Pamela Gay. You can find show notes and transcripts for every episode at astronomycast.com. You can email us at infoastronomycast.com. Tweet us at astronomycast. Like us on Facebook or circle us on Google Plus. We record our show live on Google Plus every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern or 2000 Greenwich Mean Time. If you missed the live event, you can always catch up over at CosmoQuest.org. If you enjoy Astronomy Cast, why not give us a donation? It helps us pay for bandwidth, transcripts, and show notes. Just click the donate link on the website. All donations are tax deductible for U.S. residents. You can support the show for free, too. Write a review or recommend us to your friends. Every little bit helps. Click support the show on our website to see some suggestions. To subscribe to the show, point your podcatching software at astronomycast.com slash podcast.xml or subscribe directly from iTunes. Our music is provided by Travis Searle and the show is edited by Preston Gibson.